Kaprizov. He comes to center with Zuccarello. Zuccarello moving in to Kaprizov. He scores! podcast it's friday may or thursday may 5th oh if only it was friday and uh we are here united though miles apart um to talk about uh, a uh, less fun game of blues <laughs> going off hockey than the last one we talked about what a difference a couple days can make one day in fact i should have known i should have known ian i should have oh. known i thought if anything we were going to lose close and you know in some ways as we'll talk about we kind of did lose close but we kind of didn't too <laughs> so yeah um yeah. very interesting start to the series but you know in the grand total of things we won a road game which is all you need to do in two games on the road and so you know we still quote unquote have the upper hand in the series um but certainly would have liked to see this go a different way um ian you uh you fell asleep during this one which i think was the smarter what a boring game yes (laughs) um yeah nothing to do with the game really i was just really tired and then i think it was already i saw the first two goals Mm -hmm. and i was like "Mm," i was like i'll i'm probably gonna wake up later i even set an alarm and i ignored it completely (laughs) i woke up at 3 a.m. on the couch and i was like saw all those notifications and i was like oh it couldn't be close could be a win and then it was like six two, and I was like, "Oh, never mind." I thought for a second. I texted you at one point. I was like, "Are you watching now?" And you had not been. So that's what it was. That's what it was. So I saw your text before I looked at all the notifications, and I was uh, like, "Oh no, is this like a, a a preamble to like they came back?" But then I should have known better because then I would have gotten way more texts from you. Yeah. It was just that, and then nothing. <laughs> I should have known it was a loss. I should have sent one that was like, "Oh, never." because <laughs> I, I had guessed by the time you didn't respond that you were asleep and so i should have set one like don't wake up and think because you should but um let me spoil uh yeah, I mean, lots of coffee on friday good 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 yeah it's another late one and guess what they've already announced that the, the game five is a 8 30 so. what a shocker yeah a real jaw dropper on that one <laughs> Um, let's start before this game briefly by talking about Jared Spurgeon receiving no supplemental mm-hmm. discipline. Well, a $5,000 fine, the maximum allowable by the collective <laughs> bargaining. <laughs> um, that's my favorite for, slogan. Uh, what's the word? What's, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Trying to break Pavel Buchnevich's ankle with his stick. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, predictable, I guess, but still shocking in a way you know yeah it's like it's like when the earthquake finally takes out st louis you know not that one a couple weeks ago but the big one or when a hurricane (laughs) hits florida it's like you should have known this was coming but you still weren't really prepared for it it's just like uh, uh, we've already in this playoffs i mean i know it's it's always this way in the playoffs because they are so tentative there's there's no chance this is, this is one of those catch-22s where there's no chance that 
had this happened in a regular season game that Spurgeon wouldn't have gotten suspended for at least right. a game. But this wouldn't have happened in a regular season game because he wouldn't have tried to break a guy's ankle in a regular season game. And like, it's that catch funny too of like, well, you can't punish him because it's the playoffs. But like, my dog thinks you can. Yeah, (laughs) it's like he's raising his level of aggression to the circumstances. So all you need to do is keep an equal playing field of punishment. And then it's, I'm not asking, I I wasn't expecting five games or anything crazy. I thought one game, just give him one game to be like, come on, you can't do that. Yeah, you just have to set like a, you just have to set a precedent for the series, like, yo, we're all for rough stuff. It's the playoffs, whatever, but you can't go and break a dude's ankle with your stick. And it's pretty transparent to me when they do suspend guys like Kyle Clifford, who like, no, uh, with respect to the former blue Kyle Clifford, nobody in Toronto is weeping because Kyle Clifford missed a game. Although maybe he's the reason they suddenly lost five to one. But you know what I'm saying? It's like it's it feels pretty transparent when they won't suspend Minnesota's captain, but they will suspend Kyle Clifford for. Admittedly, it was a bad hit um, in Clifford's case, but. Hmm. It's no worse, you know, it's it's like, is it worse because it's to the head? I mean, maybe, except it wouldn't have been worse if Bujnevich had broken his ankle, you know? So, like, I don't know. It's just, it's not worth getting too colicky about because it's so utterly predictable. But, um, yeah, it was certainly frustrating. Um, this Blues game took place on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, but it was not with us. Um, Nick Letty did miss this game due to injury, so Callie Rosen slotted in. I never, thought Callie Rosen. I never thought I'd say this, but hurry back, Nick Letty. Get to us <laughs> soon. We need you. Man, I was wrong about that trade. <clears throat> um, just don't extend him. I feel like extending him. Is it going to be a massive mistake? Extending them is just Scandella <laughs> over again. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. But yeah, he uh, he missed the game. Disappointing. Uh, but, you know, the Blues persevered. Callie Rosen had been really good for a lot of, you know, the times that he was on the ice in the regular season. I didn't see him particularly one way or the other in this game. Um, I'm sure... <clears throat> excuse me i'm sure his minutes were very limited but um he was out there anyway. for some goals he was out there for some goals yeah i think the blues started pretty well in this game they were they were you know aggressive early of course i wasn't seeing a lot of that because um the bruins and hurricanes had to finish their beating which i don't understand why espm won't abandon a feed on a game that is like completely out of hand right I guess it was four to two and the Bruins were trying to score on an empty net, but it was pretty obvious that they weren't gonna, you know? So anyway, um, I got, I got to the, this game about nine and a half minutes in when Joel Erickson Eck immediately scored his first goal, the playoffs. Um, this was a complete fluke, complete bad luck. Um, Robert Bortuzzo's stick broke. I blame, uh easton or whoever makes sticks these days who makes they're so, sticks they're so fragile nhl stick makers uh, <laughs> who are the top stick manufacturers we're looking at stx we're looking at true um 
Bauer, CCM, mm. Warrior. Those are the ones. Those are the Chell ones. Bauer, CCM, and Warrior. That's Those right. I was like, I should know this from Creative Player. Man, they, <laughs> but, what a terrible stake. What a terrible it, break. Literally. Yeah, exactly. Just terrible timing. Um, there's nothing you can do. Like, uh, you'd almost wish that there was a rule to be like, no, you can't score off that. But like, what are you going to do? That's how the game works. Um, yeah. You'd want it to go your way if it was, if the roles were reversed. Um, Greenway got the puck and passed it over to Erickson. Anyway, this isn't a Billy Joel song. Um, for the one-timer and the goal, uh, Rosen, you mentioned probably could have gotten his stick on this one. I didn't he, see that in the replay, but I didn't look super closely. What did you see? He's he's not like the whole reason the goal gets scored or anything, but like he's, uh, he definitely in range to grab it, but I'm sure he's also kind of reeling a little bit from thinking Bortuzzo is going to pass up the ice to all of a sudden having to like hit reverse. Uh, but he also kind of does one of those like reach out with a stick, don't quite reach far enough, but then also mm -hmm. try and block the shot, but also don't really commit to the block. And I'm like, eh, he's kind of in this weird in-between phase. I'm like, you kind of look like you flailed and we're just kind of there. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple defensemen on Cali this, Rose, this game. just kind of there. Mm -hmm. um, Freddie Goudreau would score the next Blues goal. Um, this was not a good look for Ville Husso, who I think had a pretty tough game. Um, but first, do you think a controversial call led to this one? Someone, I think Falk was penalized twice in this period. And I think mm -hmm. one of them was like on a hold on Caprizo. Maybe this was the hold and people weren't too happy about it. But he does, I think if I remember looking at it correctly, he does wrap his arm like around his midsection, like pretty good. So I think this one was probably fine. I think the one after this, um, he ends up like slashing somebody and i think everyone on twitter at least some blue stories seem to think that it was like not a slash at all there was yeah. there is some complaining about the reps i will say not a lot not as much as mm -hmm. i would have thought there might have been so good job blues twitter but um at some point when there was a little losing uh you know four to nothing or three to nothing pretty rough to um mm. To, and, to, yeah, I don't know how you go for nothing and be like, this is all the ref's fault. Be like, yeah. wow. <laughs> um, but in any case, on the power play, Hartman passed to Brody and there was a shot on net. Huso made the save, but the rebound bounced off in front of him and Gudra whacks it behind him. The Wild gained the zone too easily on this because uh, no one stopped any of their cross-ice passes or and then no one stopped any of their cross-ice passes and nobody could get to the rebound faster than Gudra. This was another classic case of if you pause the replay right when the goal scored there are two wild players closer to the puck than any mm -hmm. blue player which in this case at least you're shorthanded and have that excuse but you're still kind of like i don't know about that um <laughs> huso also could have gloved the rebound but it bounced off his glove it was just bad all around and it's two nothing and at that point you're starting to spiral and you think um just get to the end of the period and try to collect yourself and come out strong in the second uh, and they almost did with a minute left uh 54 seconds left actually curl the thrill kaprazov kaprazov good lord kaprazov uh scored his first not his last of the game was this the buchnevich or not buchnevich um torpchenko goalie interference or was that later in the game? Let me look it up. I'll try to look that up. But I had complaints about the Torpchenko goalie interference. Ian, did you see, did you happen to see a replay of the pay play um, 
the first the first penalty was Justin Falk high sticking. This was Justin Falk slashing. Mm. Um, Torbchenko's goalie interference would happen early in the second. Um. So, oh, anyway, okay, all right, all right. Anyway, did you happen to see the play where David Pasternak ran uh, Andy oh, Mata? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you feel like he was very much in control of his body and could have easily avoided that? Or at least if he wasn't completely in control, like did not make any effort to not run into the other team's goalie? Yeah, I think so. I think also it's like he's throwing his arms up to like people like it's to move out of the way. I'm like, when have you ever thrown your arms in the direction you're like not <laughs> trying to go? I've been like, oh, and then fall in the other direction. I it was just a very weird looking play. I get it's like at full speed and everything. It's playoffs. You're gonna try and get the puck from him, but I'm like, that's just it's not it's not a good look. Anti Ranta, I hope you feel better. Anti Ranta, this is also um, payback for going out and like trying to play the puck like a crazy man against Florida, like way back in November. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. He like skated way out of the crease to play it at like the last oh, second, yeah. and, and then this Florida flattened, dude, right? Florida dude, tried to completely jump out oh, of his way. Yeah. And he ends up hitting him, and everyone freaks out. I'm like, dude, if you don't think that guy's trying to get out of the way, I don't know what you like, what you're seeing. Um, so, anyways. Get well, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I just think I think it's real bad from um, Pastor Knock, and uh, I think he sticks his leg out. I think he really tried to make contact. Um, it's just a weird motion. He's making weird motions yeah. to get out of the way. Yeah, I agree with all of that. So all of that was just a, a roundabout way to getting to the fact that uh, early in the second period, when um, when uh, Torpchenko got tripped by Goligoski and tripped so badly that they called interference on Goligoski or called slashing on Goligoski. They still called the interference on Torpchenko. <laughs> so those two plays, one where Torpchenko was tripped intentionally into uh, the opposing goaltender and one where David Pasternak completely of his own volition ran into the opposing goaltender. Those were given the same penalty in our uh the year of our lord 2022 in the nhl and i just thought that deserved recognition um going back a little bit to get to the kiro kapazov goal because i don't think we actually covered it um zuccarello passed the puck to the slot and erickson tipped it in on net Huso made the first save but the rebound came to kapazov kapazov attempted to hit the post and puck the puck bounced back towards Huso. they awarded this goal to kapazov uh, because Huzo or another boys player tried to corral the puck, but the effort ended up pushing the puck over the line. Um, I thought on both the second or third goal, kind of ironically echoing game one, um, better rebound control would have protected us from disaster in both of those cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not a good night for Huso, which I think um, leads to an interesting question, which some fans will refuse to consider interesting, uh, which we can talk about after the game as to who should start game three. Um, but in any case, second period began. We talked about the um, uh, Torchenko thing before that happened, 51 seconds in. Tarasenko, this was a bad, bad, bad blunder. Um, bad, bad boy. He pulled... Bad. He pulled a Jackman and made a really fluttery, weak cross-ice pass in his own zone. Uh, Eck got to it and slowly slid it uh, 
past Huso before Rosen could grab it. Um, and he really made a, t- a nice toe drag move around Huso to get the puck in the goal. And it was four to nothing. And I think two of those goals, one, well, one's a very forced error. One's a complete fluke. Um, you know, they weren't, I don't want to call them lucky because anytime you capitalize in the NHL, especially in the playoffs, you've done the right thing. You know, we mm. wouldn't call Alex Steen's goal against Jonathan Quick lucky just because Quick was an idiot. You know, but um, yeah, I think that's a really good distinction to make because I feel like a lot of people, if you want to feel better about it as a Blues fan, I totally get it. You're like, this is just a lucky win. You know, they got some puck luck. Totally fine. I got, I get that. But I'm also sort of like, you know, the Blues played very well in 2019, but they also had some games where we got some real fortunate bounces. And you're always going to need that if you want to win the cup. Like, you're always going to mm. have some of those go your way. Um, so to that end, I'm like, uh, a win's a win. And you just kind of have to hope that you don't, that the players see it that way too. That's like, well, it's some luck. And if we just keep trying what we've been doing, maybe, you know, clean up a little of these mistakes, everything will work out just fine. But to, yeah. to write it off on luck, I'm like, eh, I don't think the Wild win another one. I'm like, eh, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury looked really good in this game. Um, people mm. talked about that like it was a tough decision to start him again over Talbot. I don't think here's the thing you can't if you're um Evanson Dean Evanson you cannot lose this series with Marc-Andre Fleury on the bench you know you can't you can definitely lose it with Cam Talbot on the bench mm. uh, so like yeah, I mean and, honestly and I don't even I get Talbot was decent this year but like that's the way it goes. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you oh, doing? I was gonna say, if you lose the series with Flurry, you you lose the series. You lose right. the series flipping the Talbot. You lose your job. Like that's like <laughs> just, you traded for the guy, and he's like a cup winning goalie. And I get it. You know, he's up and down and stuff. But that's like every goalie. And um, I, yeah, I just never understood the whole like thinking Thurgood might go to Talbot. Sorry, Jeff. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing too about Flurry. Um, I'm really like I really don't like the wild jerseys and the colors and all that stuff. They're all very oh, weird. That helmet I, though and those I, pads. Yeah, I do like they that their jerseys are more primarily green these days than they were before when they were like a weird red and green mix. But yeah, those like gold pads with that, mm, just like just mm-hmm. go to gold and green for me. Like that's a, oh oh so nice. They really need to. I it's so weird too because it feels like they haven't they haven't redone anything in ages. Mm-hmm. I guess people don't. I guess organizations don't change their primary logo and color schemes all that often. But maybe if they suck, you should. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like MGA teams do, but yeah, like there's certain it's not there's even, certain leagues I, that they never do that in. It's not even that they suck. It's just that they're aggressively mediocre, and that's so almost bad. that's almost the worst. You know, it's like if you take make a statement. And the statement is stupid. At least you've still made a statement. <laughs> and in this case, they refused to make any statement, which I think is kind of how we felt about the Winter Classic jerseys too. Um, so Flurry looked unbeatable, but it turned out he wasn't. Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Tarasenko um, combine on a power play goal, 12-34 into the second. Uh, Tarasenko made a terrific play here to outmuscle, I think, Greenway, uh, who's a big boy. Uh, to keep mm-hmm. the puck in the zone, it was obviously a hold, in my opinion, that didn't get called. Um, 
He then run the puck around to Ter- Thomas, who took it behind the net. He passed it across the zone to Cairo, who caught Flurry sliding the wrong way and risked the puck into the net from an extreme angle. Uh, just insane hand-eye coordination from Cairo in tight. And it was kind of funny because I saw a guy um, who was tweeting, you know, you know, these guys still exist, which boggles my mind, but he was tweeting, Cairo clearly isn't a playoff performer. He's scared shitless out there. And it's like, uh, first of all, it's for nothing. Why are you singling out any one player? And mm-hmm. second, it was just hilarious to see Cairo immediately score after having read that. Um, but guys uh, like Cairo, I was like, guys like Cairo, like, I know he's not as good as Patrick Kane, but it's very similar. Like, if you watch mm-hmm. Patrick Kane play in the playoffs, he is not like rushing down the ice to go lay a hit. He's not your primary four checker. He's going to be upright. Right. He's going to be looking for a place to be. And I feel like for some people, if they don't see a guy actively like checking another dude into the boards or scrumming it in the corner all the time, they're like, where is this guy? I'm like, I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Cause he's not, he's not in your face, but I'm like, come on. He's like scared shitless. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly it. It's like, he's a different type of player than Tarasenko or Buchnevich mm-hmm. or whoever. And like, that is fine. Um, he's definitely cooled off in the second half and I want him to right. be better than he is, but like, both things can be true can be true you know and i think um, he's really good around the front of the net like surprisingly yeah. good like with his hands like there's been a number of goals this year um that's almost like his second move like obviously he's got a really good wrist but like the second place he scores from his like weird angles in front of the net where he just outweights a guy yeah um i agree he's he's got you know some people need that physicality in tight and his hands are so incredible um that you know he managed to make it work and i think that's really really cool uh the blues really dominated the end of the second and most of the beginning of the third and tarasenko scored four minutes into the third um thomas skated the puck into the zone passed it over to buchnevich who then passed it to tarasenko for the one-timer and the goal i was just thinking while i watched this imagine a player as good as tarasenko already was discovering how to do a one-timer uh halfway (laughs) through his career because he really didn't ever before before the surgeries he was Mm -hmm. like very he really didn't like the one-timer and and it's not his necessarily his go-to now but he definitely has it in his arsenal and uses it a fair amount i do wonder if part of that is just the the precision and and abilities of robert thomas you know to put the puck right on his stick right where he wants it front foot (laughs) and uh, (laughs) and if, if someone and i'm sure there are many people who don't know that reference they think i might have just had a little seizure but um it was uh it was an Austin Matthews reference for what it's worth or was it Mitch Marner and Tron Tavares no it was was Austin Matthews yeah anyway um front foot doesn't everybody want it on the front foot who would want it anywhere else anyway on my backhand (laughs) that's right anyhow um really nice goal Tarasenko making up for his mistake uh before with both of these goals really um and it became one of those periods that I feel like I just, I mean, I'm sure it happens to every team, but it feels inevitable where you've just dominated play and you can't find the goal and you start to have that feeling like it's going to turn South. And the Mm. very first opportunity they get, I think maybe the wilds first shot of the period 1147 in um, 
Kaprizov was the best player on the ice and, and he made the best play of the game. He made a two on one uh, out of just a basic turnover in his zone. He forced the turnover as well. Uh, Param lost the puck to Kaprizov in the Minnesota zone. He skated it out and passed it over to Zuccarello out of nowhere. The wild have a two on one Zuccarello back to Kaprizov who shoveled the puck past who so Mikula gets to his belly on the play and then proceeds to move his stick out of the passing lane for some unknown reason. Um, it was uh, it was Carol Kaprizov being the best player on the ice, uh, which he is. As good as some of our players are, he's the true superstar in this series. And I talked about um, on the, the Hockey Writers series preview, which I did last weekend, uh, I was asked how the Blues were going to stop Carol Kaprizov. And I said pretty frankly that they probably weren't all the time and that he was going to get some opportunities and breakthrough and uh in this case he certainly did and uh it was you know not something that went the blues way um he's really good at hockey and you expect that sort of thing from him uh so you know it, it sucks the the circumstances that it happened under it sucks that uh they couldn't stop this and and you know, keep the pressure on, uh, but it became 5-2, and that kind of sealed the Blues' fate. This this goal from Kaprizov was, was just so amazing to watch uh, back yeah. to, because it was just like, it was all him, and kind of like you said, it, with skill like that, it, it's, I don't know, I just don't know, you just, you just kind of have to hope that you score more. <laughs> you're just not going to stop that as often as you'd like to. I mean, even even the 2019 team, I think, would have, you know, a hard time with that. At least you have more people to throw out on, like, the Tarantula, Bowmeister, Steen, stuff like that. But, yeah, we just don't have the same makeup. Um, and that's kind of what stood out to me in this game, too, is, like, ah, we pressured a lot. We got two goals. You know, we didn't, we didn't get uh, – let Flurry get the shutout. But we – if we're going to let them score six, then that might be something that happens. Or, you know, five, I guess, without the empty netter we got to be able to put up like four, you know, a game yeah. or something to be able to make it interesting. Yeah. And the thing is, if you take away the one where we gave them the puck and the one where the stick broke, then it's three to two and, you know, really two to two because they wouldn't have gotten the empty netter. And you can't do that. I'm not saying that's a practical thought mm. to have, but I am saying like, if you take the two where we really got beat, and just measure those up against our performance, it looks like a much closer game, you know? And so right. I think that's, if, like you said earlier, if you're looking to comfort yourself as a Blues fan, I think that's the better way to do it. Kaprizov's going to score some. That line is great. He's, uh, you know, I still think probably underrated amongst this league's best players because he's not in a big market and mm -hmm. he's not, you know, American or Canadian. So he kind of gets overlooked, but um, just a sensationally good player. And, and he made this play sing pretty much single-handedly uh, after that Erickson ek, 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 scored uh, what we thought was a hat trick, but wait, the blues challenge for offside. They deemed it offside and we have no goal. Any thoughts on this, Ian? You. What a waste of hats. Is that what you wanted? That what you wanted <laughs> well, that's what you wrote, Ian. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, it was uh, a good thing, I guess, that the goal was overturned. I, I think at this point it was kind of out of hand and didn't really matter, but mm -hmm. um, at least we got to rain on Erickson X parade. His 
exercise of enjoyment at it. Mm, um, I, forced, I forced it. It was bad. I forced it. Uh, but in case, in case any of those people felt bad, I'm sure those hats were just donated to Carol Caprazon, who scored on an empty net with 12.52 expired in the period, which was a, a decision, um, a Baruby decision. I mean, I guess, but also like, you're not going to win. So like, that's five two. So like, yeah, I saw people are like unbelievable, and I'm like, eh, like whatever. Maybe yeah. maybe I'd be more up in arms if this was like an elimination game, and he did that. Even then, that would make I would almost think it would make more sense. But like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal as Twitter was trying to make it out to be. Yeah. Um, in the end, they Blues lose six to two. Obviously, if you look at the stats, it actually. Blues kind of dominated this game. They had 63% of Corsi four at five on five as Ian gets a phone call. 71% of the high danger chances, 55% of the expected goals. Um, they really, you know, were the better team at even strength. They had a couple of bad breaks, which is something Craig Berube pointed out. He said, yeah, a couple of bad breaks. That's the way it goes. Our guys competed all 60 minutes quite hard. You've got to try and find a way to get some second and third opportunities around the paint a little bit more. And Flurry made some big saves. Um, he also said of Nick Letty, I thought our D played pretty well. They battled. Um, we went down to 5D pretty early too. Who got injured? I forget. Mortuzo. He took Mortuzo. like a puck to the face. Oh, he's fine. Uh, they, <laughs> they competed hard. He'll just get some Nathaniel Reeds and be fine. Uh, in the third period, they're pressing and they got a two on one and we give up that goal. Uh, we give up a couple odd man rushes in the third. We're pressing, trying to score. Our D was pretty solid. Uh, uh, Craig Berube loves a solid D. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's always been true. Colton Pareko talking about winning one game and losing another. He said, it's a long series, very good team over there. It's going to be a grind, but nice to obviously get the one, go back home. Can't get too high. Can't get too low. Uh, and that's not what Tal Bachman said. He said, she's so high. So, you know, think about that, Colton. <laughs> Colton Pareko has I'm never sad. heard of Tal Bachman. There's not a chance in the world. Um, but, you know. He said something about Bortuzzo too, that I didn't clip where he was like, uh, yeah, it's always hard for when you watch a friend go down, blah, blah. And they're like, I hope he gets he gets well soon. I'm like, he's not like sick. Uh, <laughs> he took a puck to the face. Although Ian Tall Bachman is from Winnipeg, Manitoba. So really? there you go. She's so high because she's up in Canada where it's, you know, it's hot. Although, you know, he would she wouldn't have been in an airplane. So mm. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in this. Anyways. <laughs> Then we talked more about Tall Bachman in this 12 seconds of podcast uh, than anyone has in 15 years. Um, and 15 years is honestly generous. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke Korak talked to Stephen Santini, um, or talked about how Stephen Santini was recalled. He doesn't necessarily mean that Letty, Scandell, or Bortuzzo couldn't be ready for game three. Uh, but it's better to be safe than sorry. In this case, he's an insurance option. Should the Blues need to go there, God forbid. Um, Luke, Luke Horak didn't just say God forbid, just, <laughs> just for the sake of his uh, journalistic bona fides, although he does plenty to um, damage those. He would be the type. He when he's had a few drinks at night, you know, we love you, Lou, but um, he gets a little combative. Um, there were... Some weak calls, you know, some people think that led to power plays for the wild. They capitalized on them. Um, 
but as you pointed out here, I think overall the Blues played better five on five. They just couldn't convert. Flurry, we definitely didn't get goalied, quote unquote, but Flurry did enough to prevent us from, um, you know, stealing an extra goal and really making a game of it. Uh, was that pretty much your read on the game? I mean, I'm reading your notes, so I assume that was pretty much your read on the game. Yeah, I watched kind of like a condensed, like, 20-minute version of the game and like it just also seemed like I think Ruby mentioned too that the team just didn't get a lot of second or third chances like we put some put some pucks on that obviously more than the wild um Flurry made some really big saves uh, but we never really had these like third or these second or third swipes at it um a little more one and done a lot of ones just done um so the narrative is, and I kind of agree that it's more just like, it's unfortunate. And when you're playing a team like Minnesota, who obviously is just as good as the Blues points wise and standings wise, um, they're going to capitalize on your mistakes. And they did, um, you know, whether that, whether they be unlucky or actual like boneheaded errors. So I think if they clean a little bit of that up, um, you hope for a little bit better puck luck. I just, you know, you, you can kind of just only hope for the best. I don't think there was anything in here in this game that I saw where I was like, oh man, they really got to change that. I mean, play better defensively, but again, it's one of those things where that's just who our team is sort of. Like, I think the one thing that I probably worry the most about is if like Ortuzo can't go and Scandella is still out and Letty can't go either. And then it's like, Mikola, Pareko, Krug, Falk, Rosen, Santini, like Falk, Krug, and Pareko are doing like what, like 23 minutes <laughs> each or whatever out of the ice, 24, 25, 26, because you just can't have Rosen, Santini out there for very long. You got to shelter those guys so hard. <laughs> I mean, I get like Bortuzzo isn't like some huge stud, but I, I don't mind him out there against like some skilled players here and there, but Mm-hmm. That worries me a little. Um, I think then kind of transition to the only other worry I have is that Husso looked a bit shaky. Um, I would still start him tomorrow, and I might bet as they would, just to give him a chance. But if that fails, you're down 2-1. You really don't want to go down 3-1. And I think you need some sort of change. I guess it depends on what the narrative of tomorrow's game is, if it's a loss. But I think at that point, you'd have to try Bennington. And I don't, yeah. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault Baruby if he did. If Baruby did that and then we lost game, whatever those four with Bennington, I wouldn't be like, this is because you put Bennington in. I'd just be like, you got to try something. I, there are obviously many people who disagree with me on this on Blues Twitter. Um, but to the counter of my point earlier, where you can't lose with Mark Andre Fleury on the bench, um, I don't know if you can lose this series without at least trying. Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. Now it's one thing if we're losing games two to one and you know we just can't put a puck in the net, but then fine, stick with Huso. But like I don't think Huso looked good in this game. I don't think it's his fault that we lost, but I don't think we look he looked good in this game. And I've seen some people this morning that's like starting Bennington is not in the question. Like that's not even up for debate. And it's like, when the when did this happen? This guy won us the Stanley Cup two years ago, three years ago. He, if you look at his last 13 games, they were better than Uso's last 13 games, not by a lot, mm-hmm. 
but by enough, he had a 908 save percentage and like a 252 goals against average. And Huso had a 907 and a three goals against average. Um, I, I just don't like, it seems like, to me, it seems like we made this decision very early and very hard that like Huso is now the guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I know we've talked about it all season. I just don't get where that came from. And as a franchise, it's still true that like we have Jordan Bennington next season and we probably ain't getting rid of him the way, you know, the way we've talked about it and the way he's played in some people's mind, he's probably not going to be traded. So even if we bring Huso back, it's like, we still have to do our best to make that guy an asset. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would say, honestly, we still have to do what we can to try and make Jordan Bennington the starter again. And I know there are people mm-hmm. out there that are like, you, it just doesn't matter. You ride the hot hand, except those people aren't actually paying attention to who the hot hand is mm-hmm. because the stats indicate that Bennington's been slightly better. So it's, I just, it, we talked about it before, but I, it is just an almost like an almost inexplicable level of doubt in and um, malice is too strong, but like indifference toward Jordan Bennington mm-hmm. that is just like, what the hell is happening? It's like, you know, Jake Allen people defended for like six years <laughs> on this in this fan base and Jordan Bennington people have already given up on and maybe it's that he you know rubs people the wrong way he's got the kind of arrogant personality and all that but like I just I don't know I don't get it and I agree with you I'm not saying you start him in this game necessarily although I don't I wouldn't rule it out like some people have um but I certainly don't get this kind of like you couldn't pot you can't even consider that Jordan Mm -hmm. Bennington's a death trap it's like no no there's no (laughs) truth to that well, it's the same people too, like you were saying, they'll kind of be like, well, it's good that we have two good goalies. Now we have two good goalies. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, if one of them starts looking shaky, you got to go to the other good goalie. And it's um, like, no, no, we don't. Yeah, I think if if they lose game three, but, you know, it, it's not goaltending, it's 2-1 or something, I'm like, okay, you go back to who's on game four. But if if it's if he's looking shaky and he's not, he doesn't have really good rebound control again, then I think it's like, I don't know if you go to Huso again game four and then let's say he was that, are you going to go to Bennington in game five and be like, hey, buddy, save our bacon? Because I like, cool, you can do that. But I also feel like it's a little unfair to him. I get some people would probably go other way to be like, it's sports. This is what you're, you're paid to do this. It's not unfair. I'm like, yeah, man, but I'm just saying like, then he loses that game let's say, and then people are going to be like, Jordan Bennington, see what a scrub. And I'm like, you, you gave him the elimination <laughs> game. Um, I don't know about that. So, yeah, I think the best opportunity you have is if they, they lose game three, you, that's probably where you put them in game four. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think, what do you think happens game three? Like, just in general for this whole team? Like, what do you, what, what's your feel? Um, uh, I <laughs> Thing. I honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be overconfident, but I do think they probably win it. Um, I think they're going to come out and try and make a statement on home ice. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to feel like they really got cheated by, um, by this game, you know? So, uh, 
I think they'll probably do fine and they'll probably get the win on this one. Um, but I'm not confident in that. That's, <laughs> you know, I, confidence I, is gone. I guess I'd feel better if, if, if I'd feel worse rather if, if Minnesota had done more than get a couple fluky goals and really lean on Capra's off, then I'd feel more like, Hey, they're back in this. They we've got to, now we've got to find an answer. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this case, I don't think we really need an answer. I think we just need to be better. You know, like it, it's not like they came out and really outplayed us. We just didn't execute well enough. Um, and I think we can solve that and, and fix it pretty quickly at home. Personally, how do you feel? I agree. You think we do, don't you? But I think they can fix it easily, and that they might, I don't know if they'll be like heavily outplayed at home. But I have this I have this feeling in my gut that they lose game three, but they win game four. Uh huh. That's certainly possible. Just for the roller coaster of it all, and then you're going yeah. back to Minnesota, all tied up for game five, and you're like, oh boy, here we go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. It's anyone series at this point. I guess I sort of almost felt like that even after we won. Like, I guess I felt more confident for sure after game one, but like this one didn't really give me as much like to worry about as I thought it would, you know, especially when you just look at the scores, like, so you're like, oh, but it's just, I don't know. It was just like, I don't think we just got completely trounced or anything uh, despite the score. So as long as the players don't let that get to them and they, they realize they just got to keep doing what they're doing minus, you know, some of those errors um they should be good yeah yeah that's i mean as, that's it, as positive as you'll ever hear me <laughs> i certainly don't feel i just don't have like we're doomed emotions going into this game which in the playoffs is pretty good for us yeah <laughs> normally that's all the time so i don't um, know how we did do you ever think like how did we do 26 games of this because I, I, I don't know because the first game, I was just like, after the first goal that Perron scored, I like didn't sit down the rest of the game. I just like stood up and walked around, and like paced well, a lot. What I really don't know is how we watched game six and seven in public. Like, I, I don't know how it wasn't like face down on, on a carpet that entire game or whatever, you know, like, I guess I maybe, so. maybe we're, maybe we're stronger than we thought no that can't be it that's that not, can't be right yeah, that's, that's ridiculous right. that's wrong um <laughs> no self-confidence but, today yeah but um yeah i mean i guess we see what happens now and hope for the best but it's certainly uh, going to be a, a tough series we expected that but i i still think they can pull it out i'm marginally less optimistic than i was after game one but you'd expect that um mm. Around the NHL, Carolina uh, looks to be beating the brakes off Boston. That series has not looked particularly close. (laughs) Um, Tampa Bay did rally and take a commanding lead against Toronto. They allowed a couple late goals, but that series is tied. Um, And all in all, Tampa took the road win that they need. So, you know, Toronto not in the driver's seat there anymore. Edmonton did rally back and beat the Kings six to nothing. So now we can see where that goal uh, that story goes next pittsburgh triple overtime game mm. um beat the rangers in game one just like your old friend steven predicted um <laughs> and uh you know we'll look to win game two tonight they i don't think they probably will but they will look to igor is just um, at what 75 saves or something yeah, I saw somebody that said, I think it might've been Ryan Lambert was like, you could convince me this was a, a stat line from any Henrik Lundqvist um, playoff. 
because he's shown like 75 of 78 saves and a loss. You know? <laughs> uh, never changed. That's right. Uh, Washington with the early win on Florida. I don't think that changes the series, um, but I am nervous about taking Barkov one of one in the uh, playoff draft pool. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's not. It's not going good for yours, truly. Yeah, it hasn't been great for you, I will admit. <laughs> Here's the thing. I hated the Kafrasov, um hat trick for beating the Blues. I loved it for the playoff draft pool. <laughs> um, and uh, Nashville got the brakes beaten off of them. And Calgary only won one nothing. Dallas. I drafted a lot of flames, so hopefully they, uh, they pick it up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, Ian is currently losing the draft pool by, by a wide margin, by a fairly wide margin. Why did I, why did, was I like the first to agree to do this, even though I was the one who lost last time too? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I was so quick to be like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff uh, is in, in fourth place. He has 24.84 points and bringing up the rear, uh, Ian was 7.92. <laughs> I'm only in third to be fair. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm any, you know, anything special, but uh, Carol Kaprizov and Victor Hedman yesterday really picked me up off the floor. Um, Open the door, get on the floor. That's right. Everybody walk the Caprasaur. Uh, yeah. It kind of worked, you know, it could have been worse, I guess. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Ian, anything else you'd like to say about the wacky and wild world of hockey before we depart for the afternoon or evening um you know keep keep your head on a swivel that's right that's what they say that's what they say to the players after they get smashed into the ice yeah if you're, I, if you're uh, uh who's the Bruins player that got annihilated Lindholm is that the guy they just oh played? yeah it was, of course it was for keep your head on a swivel that's by right. Svechnikov oh my god Oh, he got the cl- like the cleanest of hits, oh, but the we, hardest of hits. We also see Marshan just straight up slash a goalie playing his like fourth NHL. Game. Mm. Good for whoever that goalie was for like standing up to him. I enjoy <laughs> never, that. never change you piece of crap, Brad Marshan. Just don't ever change your spots, buddy. Um, yeah, so Blues play tomorrow night. We probably, I, I assume we'll try and stay up and do the mm-hmm. after game on that one. If it's another turd, though, we maybe won't because <laughs> those aren't as fun to talk about. We'll just tweet out, we'll just tweet out a turd. That's right. Then, you, uh, then you'll know. And we'll find out tomorrow, I guess. Until then, um, thanks for checking out the, uh, the, the playoff episode. We'll talk to you all real soon. See ya.